Heart's Desire can be achieved for $2.99 with Better Buddies. Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, it's Alex. Hello. And John. Hello. Hello. Our Better Buddies icebreaker this week, what type of footwear do you wear at home? I I don't wear any. No socks, no shoes, nothing. <gasps> Bare feet. Even I'm in the winter. Even in the winter? Yeah, it's it's comfortable. It's... It's freeing. It's it's my own home. I want to be comfortable. What? <laughs> Comfort in this economy. In this economy? <laughs> oh, 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 what are we, rich over here? We live in comfort? He says, well, being barefoot. <laughs> I am right now. I am too. No, I'm with you. I'm just saying we're accusing you of being rich while you are being barefoot. <laughs> This man can afford Whatever. not to wear socks. <laughs> okay, this is. Taking I, I, feel a weird like be, I feel like it'd be the opposite, but whatever, you know. Uh, I am a socks man myself. I like to wear socks. Uh, however, during the winter and some days when I want to be particularly cozy, I have a pair of slippers I will throw on that are a little too small, but they fit all the same, and it's very cozy. Oh, yeah? Well, yeah. and how long have you had these slippers? For a while. Uh, I got them as a Christmas <laughs> gift. Like, mm -hmm. ooh, 27, no, 2017 or 2018. I feel like that's reaching the point where they need to get replaced. Uh, to be fair, I don't use them frequently, so they're not worn out. Okay. Just, okay. Get close. Door. You haven't continuously worn your slippers for the last six years? No, I didn't. Fake fan. Fake fan. I didn't wear them. I didn't wear them when I went to Florida back near the start of the show. I didn't wear them when I went to Japan for three weeks just this past summer. I Yeah, I just left them at home. Okay. I didn't well, wear them a... inside my other shoes. <laughs> I'll need to, I'll need to do a slipper inspection next time uh next time I get the chance. Oh? Make sure. Are, are you a certified slipper inspectioner? Uh that's more of a personal question. I'd I'd prefer not to answer that. <laughs> it's like uh, how you become a notary. There's a whole organization and rules. Something like that, yeah. Secret Society of the Notary. The Secret Society of the Slipper Inspectors. Yeah, exactly. When you need help, and you no one else can call, you can count on the slipper inspectors. That one's for all my uh, older, like fifty and older fans out there. A team reference. Oh, that's why I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Well, okay. Certified under fifty moment. Uh. It was on Netflix for a while. I watched too much of the A-Team. I remember those days. That's a good show. 
<laughs> I I really like the like. Oh, it's not procedurals. The the shows where it kind of stays that does the th- is that procedurals? No, it is a procedural because it follows a procedure. They get the the A team are on the run. They gotta go someplace with a plane. They knock out B.A. Baracus, a.k.a. Mr. T. And then they throw him on the plane, and they get to where they're going. They get out of the plane. He says, B.A. Baracus, don't fly. And they save whoever the children slash poor folks slash locals are from the big bad evil guys. And then the, the military rolls in to try and capture them, so they flee. Boom. Boom. Hmm. Done and dusted, you got an episode. Every time. For far too long. <laughs> uh, Satara, I have a question of you of the barefoot. Yeah? Do you wear your sandals barefoot? Yes. Have you ever I worn... I do not. Socks? Yeah, I don't, I don't wear socks with them, usually. Hmm. That that was a very judgy. Hmm. <laughs> I am a socks and sandals man, and I Why? may be lowly, lowly worm, but I stick to my guns. Why? <laughs> Why are you the way you are? <laughs> Who did this to you? Uh, you can blame genetics. I have a medical condition. Hmm. My feet sweat. It's gross. Sorry, listeners, but it's true. So if I don't wear socks with sandals, the sandals get super gross and I hate it and I hate the feeling of my own skin on itself. Because it's like, you know that feeling when like a bug is crawling on you and it's that barely perceptible like little skitter on your skin? It's like that. Constantly. All the time. Everywhere. (laughs) That's TMI. Hey, I feel like the title of this episode is going to be TMI. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just go. Let's go all the way into the realm of what people don't want to listen to. <laughs> I feel like there's a market there, though, for, like, you know, OnlyFans with your sweaty feet. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, we're, like, one degree from WikiFeed right now. I'm scared. You know... See, you... This is not me. I'm I'm cutting this off at the pass. This is not me. But you know how Facebook will have the like algorithmic like you should watch this video. Somehow, right. I don't know why, but there are in fact people out there who do OnlyFans content centered around their sweat and it like men male OnlyFans content creators centered around their sweat. And it was just like, I'd, why? Are you trying to tell me I, I need to expand my revenue streams? They want you in. It was wild. We're going to move on. <laughs> okay. I think that's enough TMI on this segment. we got to spread the TMI out to other segments. It's enough talking about feet for one one-hour segment. It's more <laughs> talking about feet than I want to do in most of my lifetime. <laughs> I can talk about so we're, and socks. so we're not doing the we're not doing doing the toe rankings. <laughs> what is That's your favorite week. toe? <laughs> <laughs> the 
Do you I have, have a power rankings? They change every week. Let's see. <laughs> One to ten. I fucking hate my pinky toes. Why? Like, so, part of this is my own fault. In fact, I'm pretty sure all of it is my own fault for not buying appropriately sized shoes. Because I got okay. wide feet. I don't like it. But that also meant for a long time I would buy shoes that were too, like, crunched in. Which meant my toes were kind of curling inwards on themselves and underneath themselves and all that stuff. So I have very short squat toes. And my pinky toes are just there. Kind of in the way, frankly. Like, I could just get rid of those. I don't know what to do with this material. <laughs> yeah, how do you how do you respond to this? Um Uh-huh. <laughs> I asked the question, what's your favorite Our toe? Our next segment is <laughs> No. I am kidding. We're um, sticking on the question till it's answered. Probably uh, my big toes cuz they're the most important in balancing, I feel. Yeah, I was going to say my left big toe specifically is Treated me well lately, so... Nice. <laughs> Hold on, you can't just say that without context. <laughs> it's it's not giving me problems, you know, that's all, that's all I mean, that's all I mean. Yeah, but the rest terrible. of your toes are. Alex is the weird one, not me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's complicated. <laughs> it's complicated? <laughs> on Facebook? Yep. In a complicated relationship with his toes. With his big, nine of them. big toe. Nine of them. Oh, nine, one of, nine them, one of them's good. One of them's good. Oh, what are we talking about? See? I'm not the only weirdo here. I'll drag you all down with me. Look. We, we will always, eternally and forever, have the soundbite of James saying that he lives in a dumpster and eats babies that get abandoned there. So, mm-hmm. whatever we say, we're fine. Like, we're golden. You could do worse than that. Not much. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, John, what do you think is worse than eating babies in a dumpster? Um, no comment. Yeah. There are definitely things, but I, I don't want to be the person who says the next worst thing on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John, if, Alex and I are just going to be quiet for a moment. We're going to get this sound bite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got hundreds of hours of audio. I can just, I, I'll edit something together. Don't worry about it. We'll make sure you never run for office. Oh, boy. Okay. That's fine. I don't need to. Um, but I'm still not going to say anything. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Our next segment is Better Buddies Recommend, where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. I'm going to start this week. I'm going to recommend, so this is last Thursday, myself and Eli went to see Not Another D&D Podcast Live. It was so fucking good. Uh, their, it was part of their Midwest leg of their tour season. Uh, the poster was Midwest themed, so like it looked like a cabin wall, and had lots of like pictures and needlepoint, and a diploma from the University of the Crick, which is a place in their show. And I, Eli was laughing the entire goddamn time. I was laughing so hard and so much that halfway through I got hiccups, 
and not like quiet little to myself hiccups. We're talking uh big bur- like I could not keep my mouth open or it was going to be a bother to the people in the audience around me hiccups. On top of that, I had a big meal on my way to the theater and Eli got me two beers. So in the back half of the show, I have a full, very full stomach, a burpy stomach, hiccups, and I'm trying, and I'm laughing so hard. So I'm trying not to laugh in the back half of the show to make sure I don't vomit in the audience. Cause I was a little worried if like a hiccup and a laugh happened at the wrong time, there was going to be nothing I could do. But, uh, Eli, Eli and I just figured out that the the style of the live show, the chaos of it was very much similar to our home game of Dungeons and Dragons that you are a part of, Alex, Mm -hmm. where the three of you are nuts and I am just along for the ride. (laughs) I wouldn't say we're nuts. We're, we're following, uh, the, the script laid out (laughs) by the, the dungeon master, I think. No. Yeah. No. If there's a unicorn, like, (laughs) my character is supposed to not try to seduce her? Come on. (laughs) It was right there in the script. You laid it out perfectly. I did not. The unicorn was Mm -hmm. done talking with you and said goodbye, and the next session you said, but what if I seduced it? And I went, okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... That this, it was in the script. What was I supposed to do? <laughs> I had to follow it. Uh, the premise of the live show was that their their three characters were at an opera on the back of a giant turtle, and the opera ghost demanded to see a once in a lifetime show. The three main characters in the opera died, and the three player characters had to become the new main actors in the opera. And the DM had cards, green cards for good and red cards for bad. And after having like an in-game like action to either memorize the script or investigate a murder, the characters had to perform the opera and roll intelligence checks to see if they could remember the script. And then if they rolled if they succeed the check, they got a green card with their line and a positive bonus to their performance roll up to like a plus 10. But if they failed their intelligence check, they got a red card with a bad line and a negative to their performance roll so that they would perform poorly. It was very amusing. Absolutely buck wild time. Absolutely unhinged. Uh, I, I can't remember the last time I laughed so much at a show. And the audience was all into it, too. Like, everybody was laughing. Uh, and because it was, like, Wisconsin, their intros, like, each of the player characters did a little, like, rhyme for their character as part of their intro. Two out of the three referenced Bucky Badger. Mm-hmm. But then proceeded to comment on how weird Bucky Badger is. And the audience was like, yeah, no, he's pretty weird. He's a kind of a weird-looking mascot. No, they should have They should have rioted. That was That's blasphemy in this state. It was all very good, good-natured, good humor. Okay, okay. And then uh, one of the player characters, he kept bringing up Casper, like the 1994 movie. And near the end, the other players looked at me like, 
do you did you watch this movie recently for how much you're bringing it up and or is it just that you have that lock of a memory and he's like no i just remember this much about it i i have not seen it recently but overall very good show go support nadpod it's a great podcast if you like dungeons and dragons podcasts it's very respectful of the rules but very very goofy and can get some pretty like heart-wrenching serious moments in there too okay yeah also support live shows in general because like if you i've listened to some like behind the scenes stuff about how live shows work and it's fucking nuts some of the shit theaters charge for I think there was one live show. I don't remember if it was... I think it was Dungeons and Daddies just did their first small live tour. And at one of their venues, they were told, oh, if you want to record just the audio on this show, you need to pay us an extra ten grand right now. Yep. Mm. Always them. Yeah. And it's like, holy shit. Like, I understand we need to support the arts and the theater, but, like, also... I don't... I don't know that that's really fair... To charge, like, ten grand? But maybe I don't understand how ticket pricing works. Yeah, I'm not really sure. It's more like, uh, if you distribute this after, then we get our cut of it. Because you had it here and we recorded it for you. But Which, like, you know, I could, I could see a little bit, right? Like, a few thousand. But ten thousand seems, ten thousand seems like one of those, like, you have a record label with deal with Warner Brothers backing you. They will cover it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I will say, it was, the theater we were at was a 971 seating, and me and Eli had, like, kind of started befriending one of the ushers, who was, like, a volunteer. He told us, like, oh, yeah, you know, if you, you can, like, volunteer, or maybe he wasn't a volunteer, maybe he was an employee, but, like, you volunteer to do the shows you like, but that also means okay. you have to kind of, like, volunteer for some of the ones you're not as big into. So you can see some shows for free, but you gotta just, like, be at other ones. But he told us that there were, like, 10 or 20 unsold seats. Out of 971. So, like, it was a packed house. And actually, let me do some back-of-the-napkin math. Because we... Considering how much you paid. <laughs> well, it was about 60 bucks as a ticket for what I bought. And assume at least... <laughs> so this is not taking into account how much Ticketmaster took out of it. And this is not taking into account variable pricing for, like, front row seating and balcony seating. And it's not taking into account merch sales. But $60 a ticket at 950 heads is $57,000. That's not bad. That's not bad. But... If you're paying ten thousand of that for a recording, that's a pretty uh big chunk. But you do that at five shows, two in Minnesota, two in Wisconsin, one in Illinois. And again, assuming it's money. the same seating, you're at two hundred and eighty five thousand dollars for five shows. Again, not counting merch sales, not counting Variable pricing, and not counting Ticketmaster take. So even if Ticketmaster takes 50%, which I think they actually take more than that, but... 
It's a pretty good haul. That's still $142,000 for five shows on one section of their tour. Not to mention also the money they make from their podcast ads, their other ongoing merch sales, their other side projects and residuals. Because, like, they're all college humor alums and, like, work for Disney and have their own productions and things and, like, they have other income streams. But it's like, damn. These live shows are nothing to sneeze at. But yeah, that's my recommendation. Who'd like to go next? Um, I can I, go if you need a second. But yeah, yeah, you can go. You go. You go. Okay. So yesterday, uh huh. Um, I went down a rabbit hole. Okay. And that rabbit hole was the world of Factorio speedrunning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna nerd out about this a little bit, but um, do it. Basically, there's. Uh, a handful of people at the real top of the leaderboards, they put together a speedrunning guide. Okay. Um, so this guy called Nephrims beat the game in like about two hours and 40 minutes. Um, and that was while he was doing a tutorial oh. teaching you how to play the game. <laughs> Good lord. New players to this game regularly take 60 plus hours to beat the game. <laughs> oh. So... Um, yeah, I watched that whole video yesterday and linked, there's a guide that's a Google sheet that is, um, just like walking through how to do it. And I tried my hand at it and it's going well. I burned out after like three and a half hours, but I think I'm on pace to beat the eight hour achievement. Nice. But that was my brief exposure to the world of speedrunning, especially Factorio. And it is stressful. Oh, really? <laughs> like, it, it's nice having the guide laid out for you and everything, but you just, like, feel like mistakes are compounding, Hi. like, um, anything you do differently from the guide. Like, I used a different map I probably shouldn't have, but uh. it just added so much time thinking about it. Like, oh, this isn't in the right place. So it's all good feedback for, like, next time, because it's really an iterative process, you know? Yeah. Like, you can't expect to be perfect on your first run. But, uh, yeah, just learned a lot yesterday and went down that rabbit hole. It was fun. I feel like it's an RNG... I feel like, depending on the game, RNG just plays a lot of, into account, too. Of, like... I remember there was somebody we knew in high school who was doing a... He was trying to speedrun Pokemon Fire Red while also nuzlocking, And was only <laughs> using his starter. So Yeah, I mean... At a certain point, you set yourself up for failure. <laughs> At a certain point, you set yourself up for failure. But, like, he got to the third gym and got stuck in, like, a five-turn confusion where he could not hit anything to save his life. <laughs> and he was just like, God damn it, it's... Get the RNG my way. Come on. Come on. Snap out of it. Yeah, in this case, it's very nice because it's like Minecraft where the worlds are seeded. Mm. Um, so you can like recreate, practice the same map, try different things. Okay. Um, if you really want to, you can also save scum ah, yeah. <laughs> at certain checkpoints and just be like, yep, no. I mean, you couldn't do that in an official run, but while learning. I'm not interested in actually like <laughs> going on speedrun.com and participating in leaderboards, but 
What is the uh, the current record for What's the Factorio? world record for any percent? Yeah, any percent Factorio uh, speed run. Let's find out. Let's it's like sub out. hour and a half. Oh Jesus! Um, Factorio. Any percent? The current world record is just under one hour and twenty-two minutes. Wow. <laughs> You know, that's one of those things that's that, like... insane. <laughs> I understand why people would want to speedrun. At the same time, I am not one of those people. Well, there's another category. So the fun thing about speedrunning is all the meme categories, Okay. Too, my opinion. There's a Steel Axe percent, which is just re- researching up to the Steel Axe technology. Um... And those runs are eight and a half minutes world uh, record. So I feel like that's like a punch a tree in Minecraft speed run. Like how quickly <laughs> can you punch a tree? Right. <laughs> so I mean, like, there's uh, there are those options if you don't want to go for the whole hour and a half slog. <laughs> yeah, heaven forbid I play a video game for an hour and a half. Yep. How dare you do such a thing? Dare. Let's see, what's the slowest any percent run? Nine <laughs> hours and six minutes. That can't be accurate. I can lose to that. Yeah, come on. <laughs> what's the, the lowest submitted run? Let me get, don't worry, let me get my, uh, like, 40 hour any percent speed run in. If you record the whole thing, there might be a rule against it being multiple sessions. Ah. Uh, that makes sense. Uh, Time to stay up for five days straight. <sighs> Usage of mods, runs that use bugs that become fixed in later versions might be invalidated. Run must be performed on a version that was the latest stable or experimental version within 48 hours of the start of the run. Submissions require a permanent video proof, and the category rules must also be observed. So, um, as long as it's a video proof, sounds like we can speed run anything not import blueprints. Uh, the time taken is real-time, not in-game time. Timer starts on the first frame of the map. Timer stops on the first frame of the victory screen. Only map exchange strings that can be used in the in-game user interface are allowed. Playing in multiplayer mode is recommended, but also only one player allowed. Oh. Uh, yeah. The reason for that is the game pauses when you open the research menu in single-player, but it does not in multiplayer. Ah. Interesting. So, so Tara, what game yeah. are you speedrunning? Uh, speedrunning, uh, yes. I would say um, Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg would be a speedrunning worthy game. I, okay. What? GameCube. Yeah. What? Billy I've Hatcher. Heard of this game twice. <laughs> Billy Hatcher and then the Giant Egg. John, you've heard of this game yeah. two more times than I have. This is the first I've ever heard of this. What the fuck is this? From what I hear, it's criminally underrated. It's a very good game. I used to play it with my siblings when we were growing up. You know, like a little, like... You basically had, um... Um... I mean, there's a story to it, but you could play, like, a, uh... (laughs) There's a story and a game, but we don't know what they are. And there's, like, Uh, in uh, an arena mode. (laughs) There's an arena mode. Yeah. Breaking news. This game that I... That is, like, super obscure has an arena mode. Yeah. 
It's not obscure. It's I mean, it's <laughs> Sonic's in it. Sonic's it. in it. Sonic's in it. Yeah, Sonic is in the game. What is this game called? Billy Hatcher, Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg. <laughs> Billy Hatcher. You, and the giant so each egg. egg contains like a creature oh, or a monster. A yes. I remember that guy's design. I don't. I would never have remembered the game, but I rem. I vaguely remember this char- main character's design. Okay. Um, and then, like, you, like, roll the eggs over these, like, orbs, and then, like, you basically sneeze on the eggs for them to hatch. The fantasy world of Morningland. What the hell? If you're interested, uh, the any percent world record for Billy Hatcher is an hour and three minutes and 37 seconds. Oh, shit. That's pretty good. <laughs> For full 100%, it's 5 hours and 8 minutes. I think wow. there's some room there to to become the new world record holder for 100%. I, uh... Speedrunners. That's that's the game <laughs> I would recommend for speedrunning, is speedrunners. It's... I wonder if... Sorry, I'm just, like, trolling... Um speedrun.com right now looking at these there is a world record um new lap no skips oh i'm wondering about this um first place is 28 seconds yeah that tracks wait yes for for metro it's like it's laid out differently it's all the different maps and like the fastest time on it yeah speeder if y'all never played speedrunners there's a game that's like that was a good like five dollar pick it up on a steam sale get a lot of fun out of a game yeah good game so uh recommendations this week a live show that no one else can ever go to because it was a once in a lifetime show yep. a speed running and Satero, what do you got? <laughs> well, I guess Billy Hatcher and the Giant Eggs. And... <laughs> Alright, Alex All is right. recommending Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg. Yeah. They're pretty big eggs, so... Okay. Do you remember Pick anything up, about play this it. game? Hey, that's all you need. You just need Sonic eggs. Sonic was in, in it. Game. <laughs> yeah. Sonic was in the game? Yeah. Um... Who are the bad guys? Uh, I feel like it was like a bird guy maybe it i don't was. know was it yeah i have the wikipedia i looked at the are wikipedia you article i could tell him you on his recommendation i could tell you who the i bad know guys there was are. there was three other playable characters besides billy there was a girl there was a little kid and then there was a big guy yeah i don't remember their names <laughs> uh there was three creatures you could you could basically like all your creatures would like tag along with you, but there was three where like you rode on them, and then like they were really powerful. There was like an ostrich kind of guy. There was a shark, and then there was like a it was almost like a kangaroo fire breathing lion guy. <laughs> there was a lot going on in this game from what I remember. It, it was so it was pretty fun. It was pretty fun to play with uh, my brother and my the sister. Bad guys. Up. It, the the story begins in Morningland, where the chicken inhabitants are attacked by Dark Raven and his army of crows. Crows. Mm-hmm. And then 
the forefront, Billy Hatcher goes and meets uh, his friends. Bantam Scrab- Scrambled, Chick Poacher, and Rolly Pole, Rolly Roll, uh, with then Billy Hatcher. It is a it is a wild <laughs> wild concept. Yep, uh, highly recommend it though. Yeah, get okay. it for your GameCube. Yeah, that's what we had it on was GameCube. That's the only thing it released on, I think. Oh, and I don't think it oh. got any other attention or sequels. Hold on, there was a port for Microsoft Windows released in Europe in 2006. Ooh. I mean, that's got to go for big money. I mean, who would have that lying around? Good <laughs> question. I mean, people also apparently emulate the game pretty regularly. So, oh, well, with their purchased copies yes. that they made a ROM of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep. Yep. That's how I emulate Fire Red. And emerald right, right. and leaf green. Yeah, you put your GameCube cart or Game Boy cartridge in your computer and extracted the files. Every single one. Yep. All the files. <laughs> our, so our next segment is Better Buddies Rework Rewrite, but what it really is is this is a callback to our lost content and last week's episode. We we need to get your opinion on a on a pitch, Satara. Okay. <laughs> We're making the brand new revolution game changer in dating apps. Okay. We're turning them into a roguelite video game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Do you have any initial thoughts based on that? That pitch. No, I, I need to hear more. <laughs> How do you think it'll work? I, I don't know. It, it... So, you start off, and John, correct me if I'm wrong, but you start off, you can put in your name and maybe a picture. And you have okay. health. <laughs> as you swipe on profiles, you lose health. But as you match with people and message them, you regain health. And then as you progress down the tree, you can get benefits and bonuses, such as being able to add more pictures, flex, flesh out your bio, add interests, or even earn uh, random drops, such as super likes. Mm-hmm. So the more you participate, the more meta upgrades you get, and the more you can flesh out your profile. Okay. It's like that Animal Crossing gameplay loop where you can only do so much a day, so you have to come back right, the next day. Right, yeah. Okay. We're also going to put in the contract when you sign up that uh, <laughs> if you <laughs> if you match with somebody and marry them, you pay us fifty. You you uh, we we'll, pay we'll, you we pay you fifty dollars. But fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah. It's to incentivize bucks. a long-term relationship. You know. <laughs> well. We'll pay for your marriage license. Like, all the activities and the processes and the loops encourage prioritizing, like, commitment and long-term relationship and actually interacting with people. Because, you know, if you swipe on too many people and your health goes to zero, you die and your profile gets deleted. But if you interact with people and get matches and actually, like, message them and have conversations, you get more health to be able to do more swipes. 
and keep engaging. Okay. So the ultimate engagement is an engagement ring and getting married. <laughs> so we'll pay you 50 bucks if you meet someone on our app and get married and delete the app. However, also in that agreement, it's in the, like, one of those my- clauses nobody actually reads in the, uh, whatever those statements are. Mm-hmm. Terms uh, and conditions. Terms and conditions. Yeah, see? see I don't know. I attention? never read them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you get divorced after we've paid you that $50, you each owe us $100. So we get $200. Uh- yeah. Wow. Which I mean, half those marriages. We're gonna be making bank. If you get divorced or otherwise uninstall the app. Yeah. If you uninstall the app without getting married, you owe us a hundred dollars. Yep. You better save up that file space, baby. Well, where do I sign up? I'm intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have raid bosses, um, one of which is just that you have to go to therapy. (laughs) Makes sense. No way to proceed unless you do. (laughs) But yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's the... You want to invest? I think think if you, like, got Mark Cuban involved... (laughs) Yeah, let's go to Shark Tank. Yeah, you might get... Might get something, uh, rolling in the right direction. Look... Here's honestly, here's the real way we make money off it. We don't have to be successful. We just have to be successful enough that the match group buys the app out from under us. And then guts it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's where the money's at. That is true. Cause I think like fifty to seventy five percent of all dating apps are owned by the match group. So Get absorbed by the Monopoly? Walk away with that million dollar paycheck? I mean... You could do better than a million dollars. The guy who sold the Wordle made 12 million dollars. So we shoot for 13. Okay. Yeah, we got a one-up Josh Wardle. Yeah, Josh Wordle. <laughs> His last name is actually like Wardle. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. What, was he just get, sending his friends a puzzle of, like, can you guess what word uh, Wardle, Wardle is thinking of? <laughs> he made it for his uh, fiance actually. Oh, yeah, I think and I did then, hear about that. Then sold it to the New York Times. Wow. <laughs> she better fucking love him. <laughs> he sold her game. <laughs> That's true. But for a lot of money. I guess he made at least one million dollars. One million dollars. Okay, seven figures. So not 12. I'm sorry. That was misinformation. That's okay. I think we can forgive you. I don't know if Alex will, but I will. Okay, thank you. Uh, he's on thin ice. <laughs> that's that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we're in fall, and winter will be here soon, and the ice will thicken up. It's fine. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna revolutionize the dating game. After our roguelite comes the <laughs> In five years, whenever this thing's finally done. After the roguelite, we're gonna work move over to developing the um, battle Once royale. Once the water wars. <laughs> Once the water wars have started, we'll release our new dating app. 
when people totally have time to date. How how would our battle royale version work? Uh, it's just a real life battle royale. Oh, there you go. Whoever wins gets to date each other. Hmm? Anybody? We put one hundred and one people in a room. <laughs> Top two. <laughs> and the top five couples progress on. <laughs> well, uh, I know what that's... we're pitching to the reality TV network. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're doing a real live action Squid Games out there. And I hate it. I feel like that goes against the message that the original it does. show. <laughs> and people are like, oh, well, Mr. Beast did a live Squid Games. It's like, no! That, that doesn't make it a good thing. That was You're also... You're talking about a 26-year-old man who has so much money, he can pay 100 people to play games and lose. He has so much money, he can buy God. Like, yeah, sure, he does some great charity stuff, that's fine, but, like, also, it's, hey, you you poor people, you want a chance at $100? Right. Come play games for me. I always love those Mr. Beast when the camera isn't rolling at memes. <laughs> it's just like terrible to somebody. I don't know. But I also don't follow him too closely. I don't either. From what I understand, he's just a popular YouTuber who's probably a generally decent, hum- basic human being. And people just don't like him because he's successful. Exactly. I don't mind that he's successful. I mind that he uses that success to pay poor people to do things. Yeah. In, like, a way that makes it seem like the money is dangling over their head. Yeah, that's no good. Or that, like, it's like, hey, my friends, uh, here's a gravestone. Whoever moves their hand, like, the last person with their hand on it wins $10,000. Okay, guys, see you later. <laughs> but that's funny. <laughs> I get, okay, well, I'll put it this way. <laughs> Alex and John, if I said $10,000, whoever's the last person to take their hand off a gravestone wins, would you do it? Probably. I would compete. That's, like, not much effort for a lot of money. This is, okay. How much money would it take? (laughs) We're going to switch it a little bit. Eight hours. (laughs) Eight hours with your hand on a gravestone. How much money? Um... Let's see. The minimum? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, $300. Wait, $300? Probably, yeah. That's like an hourly rate of more than 30 an hour. Alex, how much for you? Is this a weekend eight or hours. a weekday? It's eight, just eight hours. <laughs> it changes. Does he have anything else going on at the time? <laughs> We'll make sure you're free. Well, I need to rush to an appointment afterwards. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, um, I think minimum. Uh, uh, that's a long time. Eight hundred. What are the consequences for slipping up? You lose your hand. <laughs> oh. Okay, that does change things. <laughs> uh, Your non-dominant hand. That still changes things. I need both okay. of them. <laughs> uh, um, that'd be more than 10,000, even. Sorry, how much did you say? 
Well, he said if we lose our hands for messing up, that changes my amount. Um, so I said 300 as my original, but like if I just don't get the money, if I fail the task, then whatever, okay. But if I lose yeah. my hand, then uh, I'm reconsidering. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably bump mine up to like at least $900 in that case. <laughs> Oh, I got at thousands. Least. Hundred thousand. I said at least. <laughs> at least twelve dollars. <laughs> okay, am I just do I just have too high of expectations? Because this is the second time I've posed the question of do this thing that is frankly just not that big an impact on your life for eight hours and you get as much money as you ask for and people lowball it. I'm saying I was saying you, you phrased the question minimum. as what is the minimum? Sorry. Okay, that's fair. That's on me. That is on me. <laughs> yeah, I was stating my minimum is eight hundred. What's your max? Infinite. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. As much as you'll give me. <laughs> okay, fair. You know what? I'm shooting myself in the foot here on this one. If it's open for negotiation, I think I'm walking in fifty thousand instantly. Okay. That's, that's more what I expected. Point. Yeah. But yeah, you keep asking these questions, like, what's the minimum amount you would do this for? To be fair, <laughs> the last time I asked a similar question, it was how, like, you have to sit in a porta potty for eight hours, bring anything you want with you, and I was like, oh, $800,000. That's like my, I'll start there. It's in, you can pick how much you get paid for it, 800000 And James was like, no, nah, I want a reasonable eight hundred. Yeah, because that's reasonable. I don't want, I don't care about reasonable. It's in, you you set your price. <laughs> so you're saying you wouldn't do it for less money, ever. No matter what you if could I'm bring. If I'm setting in. the amount to be paid for it, I'm going eight hundred thousand. But if I'm being offered at a lower but still reasonably high amount, yes, I'd take it. Okay. Uh, I, that eight hundred's not my minimum. Okay. And 800,000 is not my minimum. Okay. It's somewhere in between. Yes. I don't know where. So maybe I'm just a bad negotiator. Our next segment is how to be a better buddy. Where <laughs> <laughs> we give some real and some humorous advice. Um, how to be a better negotiator. Our first question, how do I be a better negotiator? Uh, you don't. Next question. You don't. Neat. That's um, the neat part. Our first question this week, what dating advice sounds good in theory but terrible in practice? With the further details, I think the advice, meet women in hobbies groups, is one of them. Most social groups I go to are sausage fests. The few women who go there are likely to be taken. Very few groups are female-dominated. I have been to some of them, but I can say I have very little interest in that hobby. Unless you actually enjoy doing that hobby, you are just going to find it a drag to get yourself to go. Yes. You will. So don't do it for that reason. <laughs> yeah, don't. That's not the reason to go do things. The reason to go is you don't go to hobby groups to meet women with the idea of like, oh, you will meet a woman at a hobby group. It's the intent behind it is go expand your social circles to increase the number of social opportunities you have where you may meet new individuals some percentage of which will be available women. Or available whoever. 
Like, like John said, you go show up to a hobby group, whatever the hobby is, even if it's one you like, with the intent of, I am here to meet women, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. Gotta go there for other reasons. I feel like any advice from, like, the 1950s (laughs) is bad advice nowadays. To be fair, I think in the 1950s it was, hey, did you survive the war with your best gal? Well, get married right away and get the GI Bill. Yeah. But that was good advice. (laughs) (laughs) It was called the baby boom for a reason. Only so many people came back from that war. Oh, no. You better get married quick, because you never know when the next one's going to be. It wasn't that long after either, so... No, it wasn't. (laughs) And then another one. And then another one. And here we are. (laughs) Yeah. The dating advice, I think, is good in theory, but terrible in practice, is the, uh, you'll meet someone when you least expect it. Because it's kind of that, like, okay, the intention, the, the intent behind it is the, like, chill out, slow your roll, don't be overly excited, overly, uh, dedicated, overly, like, eager, over, uh, desperate. Because being desperate is a turnoff and makes people be like, oh, okay, what's going on here? Right. But the words, it'll happen when you least expect it, also imply that, like, it's going to be a meet-cute. And meet-cutes just don't happen like that that often. You need to put a little bit of effort in of, like, I am open to the possibility of relationships and I am working on expanding my social circle and making new interactions and meeting new individuals. You're not going to have the same three friends and then suddenly a woman falls out of the sky, you know? Unless you're in yeah. anime. Unless you get hit by a truck and transported to a magical world. Yeah, there you go. What do you guys have for uh, dating advice that sounds good in theory but terrible in practice? Like I said, anything from the 50s. <laughs> break a, break a Just... piece off. What do you Just got? buy her a lemonade. Yeah, head <laughs> down to the soda shop and buy her a... They cost, they cost a dime. <laughs> <laughs> Just go to a gas station, put a dime down on the counter and say, give me your best lemonade. Give me your best lemonade. Take the gal down to the malt shop, then head to the disco. I feel like this is just setting us up for a segment where we either prove this information wrong or find it actually successful. Well, I'll tell you what, you walk into a di- you walk into a gas station, put a dime on the counter and ask for a lemonade. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, costs being adjusted. <laughs> like things we were saying, take her to the malt shop. Come to the <laughs> diner like that could work, you know? Yeah. Be hard to find a malt shop these days, perhaps, but you know they're out there. If you do, to make it a road you... trip. Yeah. Hey, a lot of dating profiles these days say I love adventure. So if you go on a road trip to find the last malt shop in America, I don't know what more qualifies as an adventure. <laughs> We're gonna go to the last blockbuster. Up in Rent Alaska. A movie. <laughs> Our next question. What are your favorite ways to schmooze, network, and make people feel, make people feel good about themselves to get them to make things happen for you? What do we think? 
Um, money. <laughs> money. Just pay them money. Just pay them. Sir, you can't just... This is a Wendy's. You have to pay for it. You can't <laughs> what could it cost? Through it. Ten dollars? <laughs> How much could one banana cost? One billion dollars. Uh, I would say just uh, get a good... Get good? Little, little banter going. Get them laughing. You laugh at their stuff. Yeah. You know, well, my method is uh, be friendly and be very, very helpful and useful. If you are useful and reliable and do things that help them out and make their life easier, then mm-hmm. down the line, when you need things like references, recommendations, that's etc., or you just need help with something, they'll be more inclined to help you. I would also say, like, like you're saying, laughing at their jokes, making jokes they laugh at. Uh, when I was in high school, it was uh, your senior year of high school, had an English teacher who told us during scholarship season not to email her the night before they were all due asking for a letter of recommendation. Under no uncertain terms would she write you one. Like, if you asked her last minute, she would not write you one. Well, silly me, I knew this, I remembered this. And that night, it was the last night, I needed a letter of recommendation. So I sent her an email and I said, yeah, I did it. I, uh, I waited to the last minute and I'm asking for a letter of recommendation. But I also remember you said you would not write one if we asked last minute. So the choice is yours. Uh, I, I fully understand and am willing to follow my own sword if you follow through with not writing one. And I walk into class the next day, and she hands me a letter. And she says, the only reason I wrote this for you is because you used the phrase, fall on your own sword. (laughs) And it is a very good example of just being humble about your circumstances and acknowledging, like, you recognize your, your choices are your own and the consequences are your own. Goes a long way for people being willing to help you. It shows you're aware of the situation. And when in doubt, just pay them. Good old bribery. Good old bribery. When the being a decent human being doesn't work, you can always try bribery. Hey, they'll feel a lot better about themselves when they have a brand new Ferrari, okay? Or when they get that ten cents for the lemonade. (laughs) Mmm. Mm, true. True, true. I mean, think about how much lemonade you can get with a dollar. Oh, oh, yeah. that's ten lemonades. <laughs> they just love lemonade. <laughs> think about how much that ten cents is going to be worth in 70 years, RJ. Oh, man. Invest wisely. Invest frequently, invest often. Well, any other, uh, inv- any other schmoozing advice? Hmm. I don't think so. Alright. I think that's it for this week, then. Great. Uh, thank you both for joining. It's been a pleasure. Thank you to the audience for listening. Do y'all want to say goodbye? Goodbye. 
John? No? Oh, I <laughs> thought I said goodbye. Uh, Discord I I, must I, not have picked it up. I think I spoke over it. <laughs> oh, goodbye! Sorry, audience. No, I don't want to talk to you. Oh, wow. Okay, well, well you, you don't have to anymore. Uh, thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday. You can find them on iTunes and Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. We're also on social media. Our Facebook is Better Buddies, where we have our Meme Mondays and our Icebreaker Questions. Our social media platform, formerly known as Twitter, is at BetterBudcast. Use the hashtag BetterBuddies when you tweet about the show. And our Gmail account is BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com. You can send us fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love and or war, icebreakers you want us to answer, questions you need advice on, or what you think our genre should be for season two. And last but not least, be a better buddy. Take two. We could, we're gonna do it. We got the time. It's eight twenty-five. We got a half tank of gas. Sunglasses at night. I've never seen Blues Brothers. <laughs> My media recommendation for this week is Blues Brothers. It's Blues Brothers, right? I think so. <laughs> Not Blue's Clues, totally. And no, I in fact had never hit start recording for the second time in four fucking years of this podcast. That's... That's unfortunate, but... <laughs> it'll get fixed. And you're here to join, and be a new element of chaos, so that it, the script can... or the uh, show notes can mostly stay the same, but we'll get some new uh, new natural natural out of it. Yeah. Beware. Beware. <laughs> Beware.